covered by the Saints for a touchdown. Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go, to practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! What's up, Saints fans? Welcome to Inside Black and Gold Law. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. And we have a very special guest today. Our first ever Super Bowl champion appearing on the pod. I'm pretty excited about that, Jeff. Is it really? How sad is that? This is our first Super Bowl winner, and he's a two-timer. He went to three straights. Chris Hogan, former Saints Patriots wide receiver, was kind enough to come on with us today. So we'll have him in the second and third segment. We're going to, you know, talk about kind of his time with the Saints because he was with the Saints for, you know, it's funny you say, you, you know, your line is like, oh, we got a cup of coffee with this team. Right. But I mean, he got several cups of coffee. He was here for five games. Like it's long enough to get an impression uh, and he spent time with them in Dallas. He had a home game in Jacksonville. Yeah, he played one game in the Superdome against the Giants, which is funny because he's from Jersey originally. So it was, a, it was a nice thing. They blew that game. He also was on the Saints for the game up in New England against the Patriots when they faced uh, Mr. Mac Jones there as a rookie. So you know, he's got some interesting insights. So I'm looking forward to that interview. But in this first segment, we are going to kind of dive into the, you know, what we learned this week, the latest on injuries. Uh, you know, Derek Carr looks like he's going to, you know, if he, if he played last week, he's going to play this week. Uh, and so hopefully, as I said, uh, you know, I'm honestly hoping, and, and I said this after the game, that his injury, that his shoulder injury was a lot more impactful for his game than he was letting on because he didn't play very well. The film bears that out. And I just, in the the best case scenario is that he was dealing with the shoulder and it impacted him in in more ways than he's willing to admit rather than this offense regressed, you know? So we'll get into a bit of that. Um, But Steve, kind of what, what has been kind of your your impression of the Saints this week in in terms of like like I, I I know a lot of people are frustrated I feel I, I feel it you know there's a, there's a big crosshair on Pete Carmichael everyone is putting all of the blame on him you know I think it's merited to an extent and then it's you also need someone like, to be the sacrificial lamb right yeah someone someone someone's always going to end up the you know in the in the crosshairs and he's the guys and he's the guy to blame and. And I understand it, but you know where where are you where do you land on all this? Uh, still waiting to see that run game get going for this squad, and I think that'll help alleviate a lot actually a lot of the issues just because they haven't been able to establish that physical presence uh, on offense there and being able to you know grind out that yardage and control the clock, keeping the other team off the, the other offense off the field, and. Alvin Kamara's first game back, great. But he's really not that between-the-tackles guy either for them. And just curious about the usage of what they plan on doing going forward. Uh, you know, rookie Kendra Miller, uh, Tony Jones Jr. kind of thing. I still believe, you know, we're still waiting for, obviously, Jamal Williams to come back from the injured reserve. we still got time for that. But who we're dealing with right now, I just want to see, even with uh, Taysom Hill has been uh, good, uh, pretty good with his yards per carry. But other than that, the Saints run game has really been abysmal. And I think that's hurt a lot. It hasn't helped. 
Um, you know, and, and Alvin Kamara, if, uh, you know, Nick Underhill got a good, did a good interview with uh, Alvin Kamara in the locker room this week. And he, he talked about that. Like, it's like we, th- this team, you know, it's funny because last year there was a point where I was like, this is a running team now. Like they, yeah. like, they beat up the Seahawks on the ground. Then they played, faced the Bengals in a the game they lost, but they ran right. for like 228 yards. And it kind of felt like at that point they were like, well, we can't even win when we run for 228 yards. We got to do something differently. But I almost think that was a, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of what ended up happening in, in Pete Carmichael's head was like, well, if that didn't work, so let's try something else. But it's like, no, 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 no. Stick with that. Go back to that. Impose your will. And, I, you know, I think, you know, and to, to be fair, you know, and a lot of people are critical of that second half performance by the Saints and for good reason. I actually think we saw some encouraging signs on those two extended drives where, you know, why those drives were extended? Because you ran the ball, because you got Alvin Kamara established. And then you were able to get some other things done. They bogged down and, and it's like, there's, there's a point where it's like, man, okay, well we did this. We did this. Let's do something else. It's like, no, let's keep doing that. Just get, it's working. Go for it. You know, allow the offensive line to impose its will. And I think we've seen the offensive line improve the last couple of weeks. And one of the ways you can help that offensive line continue to, to be that way is to run the ball. You know, they pass protection isn't an issue when you're running the ball. You know, play action works when you can run the ball. And, uh, you know, it, obviously, you know, 11 carries for 51 yards isn't fantastic. But it was, you know, you, you saw a lot of hard first downs earned that you did not see in weeks one through three. And that's the difference between having Alvin Kamara and not having Alvin Kamara. One thing that that came that that is important to note this week, Caesar Ruiz is back. He was not on the injury report, which to me indicates that he has cleared the concussion protocol completely. So that that will allow James Hurst to go back to left guard completely. I talked to him in the locker room and I, I asked him, it's like, does it feel like you've kind of been on a trampoline the last two weeks? Because it's like, oh, you're a left guard. Now you're a right guard. Now you're a left guard. Now you're a right guard. And, you know, it's funny because there were, we had a conversation with him in training camp specifically about him saying, like, you know, moving from left tackle to guard is actually not that difficult of a transition. Now, bouncing from one side of the line to the other is a difficult transition because you got to kind of retrain your brain. Just think about it. You do everything with your right hand. Suddenly, try to write your name with your left hand. And it's like, you know, like it's just your body, your brain trains yourself to do one thing. And then all of a sudden, you got to do it all backwards, you know, and that's not easy for anybody. And then during the, this week, he he knew he was going to be at right guard. So he had all week to rep it and kind of train himself, train himself, train himself. And then halfway through the game, Andres Peak goes out and uh, he's back at left guard. So, you know, I think just the consistency there is going to be helpful. Andres Pete, on the other hand, looks like he's going to miss the game. He did not practice on Wednesday. He's in the concussion protocol. So, you know, I, I don't know. You'll, you'll figure that out. Hopefully they're coming up with a way so that if one of their two guards does go out, the person who comes in is able to come in at that spot rather than changing positions. But that's one I'll, thing. I was kind of surprised to see an issue pop up at center that wasn't expected. Eric McCoy dealing with an ankle issue. Yes. Uh, and that's, you know, lower body injuries have been concern, a concern for him in the past. Um, it has been calf, a calf injury previously that uh, he, he's dealt with a calf injury each of the past two seasons where he's missed time. But, you know, so yeah, anytime you're, you're an, offensive lineman who has been struggling regardless of that. Uh, like I think he's had a really rough start to his season is, uh, is definitely not great, but otherwise you haven't, there weren't a ton of surprises on this, the, the initial injury report. Jawan Johnson's on there with a calf injury. Lonnie Johnson is on there with a hamstring injury. Neither guy practiced. Um, Paulson Adebo is back 
he was limited on Wednesday, but that's a good sign for him. I think that will help just this team in general kind of reset in the secondary. They still are without Marcus May for another week. He's suspended. But, you know, like I was talking about on the last podcast, I think Debo being out has not been a huge letdown in terms of I think Isaac Yadam has played very well. But I do think it's it's forced Alante Taylor to do a bit too much or to have to do a bit too much at that slot corner position, when I, whereas you would really just like to, you know, he's still learning. Like we, we came to the season talking about how we need him to kind of learn in the slot at warp speed. Like he's got to kind of accelerate the curve there. And then after two games, suddenly he's got to think about all this other stuff. He's got to shift inside, outside and base. And that's not helpful. And so hopefully that that'll allow him to kind of hone in on that uh, a little bit more, but Otherwise, I think they're in, you know, reasonably speaking, they're in good, they're in a good position injury wise. Derek Carr threw on Wednesday. So, you know, I think they're in good shape. We want to see what happens with the rookie, Brian Brzee. He's dealing with an illness. I don't know how serious that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you were correct. I was wrong. Jimmy Graham and Ryan Ramchick did rest. They got their rest day. But, and Ryan also was on there with a foot thing. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those situations where it says not injury related slash rest, but then also foot. So He's why didn't he foot. just say foot? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're, they're resting the foot, maybe. Yeah, we also sore. talked to Jordan. Go ahead. And I was just saying it was a little sore. Yeah. We also talked to Jordan Howden. He kind of like keyed us in on what he was dealing with, with his finger injury. He said, said something along the lines of he like sliced it open. It sounds like it wasn't a football related thing. Like it just okay. happened. Um, and I think he had to have a procedure on it. It was, you know, and when he missed a game with a finger injury, he kind of assumed it was a little more significant than just like a broken finger. Cause if it was just a broken finger or something, you could have just braced it up and uncovered it and been fine. I think he had to have a procedure on it. And it, I think it's something where along the lines of like, yeah, you need to not take any major blows to not damage the, re- the repairs that they had done. And, and I think it was somewhere in like the knuckle, like his, his, major knuckle here which is as you can imagine is a little bit more difficult to deal with than like say you kind of just like you know for example like Taysom Hill with a mallet finger like you're not missing a game because your finger is stuck like this but yeah so it sounds like he's going to be back he was a full participant in practice so that'll be helpful in the secondary for me because you're another week without Marcus May so you know from an injury front that's kind of where we're at happy to see Foster back too yeah that is good and uh, Eric's Eric to correct that Eric McCoy is dealing with a knee Oh, a knee, not ankle. Sorry. Yeah. Foster is dealing with an ankle. Gotcha. Uh, and that's the injury he's been dealing with since prior to the Packers game. So, right. Yeah. So that's something. But, you know, one thing, you know, and, and so one thing we can hit before we move on to, to and, and talk to Chris Hogan here is, you know, Trevor Penning has been a punching bag. And we, we talked about this in, in Wednesday's episode in the film notes. He's been a punching bag for, for good reason, weeks one and two. And, you know, what you kind of looked at and said, okay, he just, you, you don't overreact to a rookie left tackle after one game, after two games, because, and and I talked to him about it this week. It's like, you know, there's a point where you're seeing everything for the first time and you're reacting to it. And sometimes you're not handling it well and it takes reps. Like there's no replacement for reps. And uh, this is what Trevor uh, had to say on that front. This is really the first time that you've been able to get a, kind of a run of starts. So how has that kind of helped you in terms of just continuity? It's good. It's definitely good. I mean, getting the experience that I feel I need to keep developing. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's the difference between practice and game. I mean, you try to emulate a game as much as you can in practice, but it's it's hard. It's not the same. So, um, getting getting the in game, um, you know, playing time in games. That's I think that's going to help a lot. And uh, you know, just I'm just worried about keep going every week and improving every week and just getting better and better at every little thing and just keep stacking them up. Yeah, is there a point where you, you know I feel like early on is there stuff you haven't seen it before you're kind of reacting to it for the first time is that something that over time you know you aren't surprised by as much? Yeah you definitely you definitely see some things in game that you learn from and then I mean like mistakes that you can make I mean way people line up maybe they're maybe the, the dm's in a spike or something it's just stuff you'll see in game and you're, you're going to learn from from reps but yeah and i mean like that's that's kind of where you're at like you're, you're not going to be perfect as a young player you got to get better and deuce mcallister also talked about it on wwl this week so uh, here's that oh it's been night and day for him and you know that was probably the biggest thing he needed reps he needed not only game reps, but he needed practice reps. And so to be able to get that and, 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 and look, the Saints, like we talked about early on, the Saints could help him with formations and just giving him chips and different things of that nature. He's got in his bag a couple of ways that he wants to attack a defender, um, you know, just based off of down and distance and knowing what he's going to get or knowing what to expect. And he's been able to really do a good job. And so, you know, I know the offensive line has been an issue as far as the, the numbers and the sacks, et cetera. But for, for Trevor, compared from the first two games to where he's at now, uh, it, it, it's night and day. And look, he still has to get better. He yes. still can play better. He can be more dominant, you know, just more confident in what he's doing. But I know it's they've been encouraged to the progress that he's been able to make so far. Confidence is everything, when it, especially for a young player. And there's going to be moments this season, like he's not done. There's going to be points this season where he gets beat. And everyone's gonna be like, "Oh no, it's it's happening again." Young players, you know, you, you're you're progressing. You're not gonna be perfect every week, um, but you know, there was this idea after week one and week two that it's like he doesn't have the footwork. He can't get it done. Move him to. He's guard. a bust. What a waste. Bust. And you know, while frust- it's frustrating to have to kind of deal with rookie struggles, and that's why you were planning on working him in slowly last year and not having to throw him to the wolves right away. And the injury made it. So you didn't really have that choice. You know, it's, you just got to have to deal with it. And I think he has handled it well. He just put his head down, you know, just worked, um, improved on the things he struggled at. He's always going to be a good run blocker. We knew that, but it's like, you can't only be a good run blocker at left tackle. You also have to be able to pass protect. Uh, And if that's the case, if you're just a good run blocker, then you are a guard. But yeah, so so that's, you know, of all the negative things and it's easy to kind of hammer on all the negative things. I think that is a very positive development for this team that whether whether you think it's reasonable or not, still believes that it can be successful on offense with with the people in the building. So that's that's all on that front. No, the great point with Penning, though, too, it's like, yeah, we haven't mentioned him in the last two weeks. And that's a good thing for an offensive lineman, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you're not going to notice it in real time. You're just going to know that Derek Carr hasn't been eaten alive. You know, Derek Carr, that's the thing. It's like with how the offensive line played this last week, if they can continue to improve and get better, you know, that excuse is now gone. Right. Like the first couple of weeks, you'd be like, well, he's running for his life. He's getting hit constantly. You know, it seems like if they play like they did against the Bucks, 
you know, the quarterback's got to play better. And that's another thing Deuce talked about. And I won't play the clip, but like, there's only so many excuses you can make. Like your, your quarterback, your $160 million quarterback has to play like a $160 million quarterback. I don't care what plays you call. They called the play that got Chris Olave wide open up the sideline. Is that on Pete Carmichael that the ball got chucked at his feet? No, it's not, you know, and, and, and like there's, there's, I think there is an element of blame to, to be placed at the feet of a lot of people. Right. You know, and it's, there's some of it at Pete. There's some of it at the game planning. There's some of it on, on position coaches. There's, but there's a lot of it just on the players themselves who have to get it done. And, you know, that's, I think that's like, you know, these players, the players need to take ownership of that too and find ways to get, to get things done. You know, Derek Carr is going to say all the right things, but as of now to this point, he has played into every narrative that was already out there in terms of he's just in, like, the, the, it's not the, it wasn't the defense that let him down in Oak in, in Oakland and, and Vegas. He also let himself down and he let the team down in terms of elevating them to winning caliber football. Cause through four games, I, I would say that the two games they won were a product of a very good defense and not the quarterback or the offense elevating the team in any way. Thousand and the two games they lost were the product of a very good defense not having its best day and the quarterback being unable to elevate them past that point. Now, obviously, the Green Bay game is tough to put on Carr because he went out at halftime. And, you know, he did. they did have two scoring drives in the first half. They put up 17 points with the, with the kicker turn, but you know, it's, you can only make excuses for so long at a certain point, you just got to go out there and get it done. And that's got to start this week for sure. And it's, it's not going to be easy. Obviously it never is, but uh, Patriots, uh, while they've had their own struggles getting into the end zone, their defense is still pretty stout on there with Bill stout under there with Bill Belichick running the show still. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And we'll, we'll talk to Chris about this. It's like the, I think, the Patriots fans and the Saints fans are in very similar situations and they've gotten very accustomed to winning football and good offense, great offense, even yeah. over the past decade, you know, decade plus. And suddenly they're looking at it like, man, we, we have to win in, in un, within like we have to win 15 to 10. That's, is that the only way we can win a football game right now? Right. I mean, look, that's not great. Who wants to watch that? No, well, it's they're not putting that on national television. You've been watching and Breeze and Brady. Yeah. And uh, and now the fans are trying to come to terms with like, man, defensive head coaches kind of stink when the offense isn't good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, where's the innovation? <laughs> where's the where's the offensive nerd that's vaping on the sidelines? Oh gosh. Give me a Gen Zer in there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have we'll have to hook Pete up with a vape. <laughs> if Pete starts vaping on the sidelines, now that would be you know, if he starts like wearing like a yeah, yeah, the hoodie all too like like a snapback, yeah, yeah, like in like backwards, <laughs> good stuff. But yeah, this is inside black and gold. We're we're gonna talk to Chris Hogan, former Saints and Patriots wide receiver, mostly Patriots, uh, two time Super Bowl champion, one time Super Bowl not champion against Steve's Eagles. And uh, you know, I, I'm excited. He's a, he's a fun guy. I remember talking to him when he was here, and it was kind of a fascinating period. And because he was a, a, trying to be a professional lacrosse player, and then the right. Saints were like, "Hey, Chris, you want to come? Uh, want to come over and, and try it out one more time?" And hey, he caught a touchdown in the Saints uniform. Which, you know, how many people have caught touchdowns this year? Like three: Rashid, Jimmy Graham. Is that it? 
Rashid, Jimmy, and we got to be missing something. I don't think so. I think they ran for they ran for two against. Oh right, right. Yeah, there you go. And they kicked field goals. I think Rashid was the only touchdown against Tennessee. There could have they been there was like for, a woulda, coulda, shoulda with Olave, but that doesn't yes, count, obviously. Olave would have caught one, but then they called it back because his foot was on the line, and they ran right. that touchdown in. So I think pretty, I'm pretty sure, and they obviously didn't throw one against uh, Tampa. So no, nothing against Tampa. So yeah, the, there's no. Crit- we talk about burning, you know, game footage. That was another one. I don't want to ever see that game again. Jimmy Graham. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Chris Hogan, in his Saints career has as much touchdown catches as any Saints receiver this year. That's telling. Anyway. Maybe uh, we can so, sign him this week. So that'll be a really fun conversation. Anyway, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. You know, leave us a rating. Leave us a review. I always do appreciate it. We have some nice reviews in there. And, uh, yeah, it's always nice to kind of get feedback. You know, people say, you know, Steve, Steve says uh, kind of thing too much. Oh, you know, this was funny. We got a comment one time. Uh, that someone was like, let's do a drinking game where uh, you know, take a shot every time Steve says kind of thing. And I was like, that sounds like a trip to the hospital. <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing where we all have our ticks. Well, it's just funny because like, I don't remember bringing it up. I've told you about that. Like We've talked about it independently off the pod, but yeah, I don't yeah. think I brought it up on the pod. So it was kind of funny to see someone comment it, comments about it because it's just like this, this quirk that I, I, you didn't even realize you were doing it, right? No, and I'm sure, like, I make fun of Pete Carmichael for saying, I think this. I'm sure he doesn't realize he's doing that. So, yeah, I have no reason, no room to talk. The other thing the Saints coaches do, and Sean did this, and Mickey does did does this, and so does DA, is they, they say something, and then they say, and yet, we have to be better. I think he, I think, like, both of, like, this week, I feel like I've heard, like, we're going to talk yet? to Pete Carmichael today, and I guarantee you there's going to be at least two times in that interview he's going to say, and yet... We have to be better. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, we've heard it because obviously the talk all this week was because it was like raining down negativity, everybody in panic mode. And it was like, yes, we understand we're not performing at the level we want. There's no panic in this room. And yet that that need, that urgency is there to get better. Yeah, I think one of the lines from Mickey was like, we're at two and two, the sky is not falling. And yet we have to <laughs> pretend that it is, you know, where we have to we have to act like it is or something like that. Um, that's that's just how it goes. Go ahead. They, they know, right? Obviously, no, they, they see the same damn things we are. Yeah, and- there's concern. They, they, they can play it off like there's no concern. There's concern. And, and, and yet they know they have to be better. Uh, but all right, let's wrap up this segment. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Chris Hogan, get into a lot of, you know, his memories from the Saints. And then we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the Saints-Patriots matchup. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a telling game determinate to determine, which, like, one of these teams is going to come out of this feeling a lot better about themselves. One of these teams is going to come out of this feeling a lot worse. And, uh, you know, the Saints want to be on the right side of that. So keep it locked on inside Black and Gold. 